Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to a very special edition of Mobile Monoreal Radio. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are on our way back from a couple of nights at Walt Disney World. We have the little mobile recorder with us. We're not in our traditional uh, setup, which is why the quality of the sound is the way that it is. Um, but we felt that it was important to sit down and talk to you guys. This was Shotgun. I, I kind of surprised Jackie with this one. But we thought it was important to sit here and sort of talk about something that I think is very relevant, uh, relevant and I think that it's very important. So I'm kind of calling this Walt Disney World One Year Later. Now, a lot of people are wondering, what does that mean? Some of I think you, everybody knows what it means. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Some people might not understand the context. People that have been with the show for a long time may know this, but those who are new that maybe found us in the last couple of months or weeks, welcome. We're happy to have you here. But it was a year ago, March 15th, 2020, that Jackie and I were at Walt Disney World um, on its last day. Actually, no, it's right. It was the 16th. It was the 16th that we were there. It was the last day before they had shut down. The 15th, I believe, was when they announced the college program was being dismissed. Yes. And within 24 hours, we were leaving along with them. And we right. had had that whole trip planned before they started canceling travel due to coronavirus, before Disney announced that they were shutting down. We were there to see family. And we were flying out of Orlando anyway, so we wanted to spend a few hours in Disney Springs before we left. And that few hours actually turned into about two because of the what we were hearing with the wait times at the airports. And um, everything just took so much extra time because of the mass exodus from it, Disney. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was, and that's exactly what it felt like. And that's why I kind of wanted to sit and have this conversation today because... It was the saddest I've ever seen Walt Disney World. We are sitting at Raglan Road with cast members who are trying to put on a smile, and they don't know what this is going to mean for them. You're sitting amongst the college program children, children, the college program kids that are that are crying because they've only been here a few weeks amongst children that are crying because their maybe once-in-a-lifetime vacation that they've been looking forward to got cut short, the parents as well, and it was a very helpless feeling. And it lasted that way until July. And I will never forget sitting in our living room watching Lou Mangello go live for the reopening of Walt Disney World and feeling like the sense of normal was coming back. And I think that that's kind of the subject of conversation today because we were there briefly in October. We had a wedding that we had to attend in Florida and we had a very brief stay at Disney. And it felt like it was starting to come back. Uh, I think Disney did a great job. I, I said it then. I think Disney did a fantastic job with the social distancing, with the sanitation. Everything was cleanly, but there was still sort of a question around it. Uh, and then such an air of caution. Like, yes. it still didn't feel the same. So now I want to talk about one year later. 
One year later, almost to the day, we're back at Walt Disney World, um, simply by fate, not by design. I'm going to ask you, one year later, what what did it feel like for you to be back there March of 2021 versus March of 2020? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate in that in the past year, we did technically get to go three times, but each of them felt totally different. The most obvious a year later is that we're still in masks, which we weren't the day that everybody was leaving. I yes. mean, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. It was supposed to be a two-week shutdown at that time. That was all anybody knew. I don't think that's what everyone realistically thought it was going to be, but I certainly didn't expect a year later to be just coming out of it. Um, so just, you know, at face value, the masks were, were the biggest thing. Um, but going a little bit deeper than that, um, this was the first time that I, I truly feel like the joy started to come back because like I said, even in October, I think people were still very cautiously optimistic. I think there was still a huge trust issue that people were having just being in proximity to each other. And I mean, Florida at back in October was still totally different than New York. New York was still very strict on lockdown. Restaurants were barely, uh, you know, at capacity and, and they still had all of the tents outside and, um, people were starting to fear the cold weather because, you know, you, you can't necessarily have people outside in a tent as, as it gets closer into the holiday season. And, you know, there was a lot of fear up here. So in that aspect, Florida was a little bit better and it felt a little bit normal, more normal because of the outdoor dining. Um, but you, you still didn't have that same joy. It, it just wasn't, we were happy to be there in October and go to our happy place and give ourselves a mental break, but you could just tell that not everybody felt even close to back to normal yet. And I think part of that comes from that we didn't know what was happening with our counterpart in California. I think now, because we have an official opening date, I feel like we're sort of breathing a sigh of relief for them too, that they get to open and they get to experience it again. And I feel like just overall, things are finally taking a step in the right direction. And a lot of that does have to do with the vaccination is finally becoming more readily available. So I think, I think certainly we breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have 10,000 cast members going back to work in California. Absolutely. They should have been back to work already. I'm going to, I'm going to remain steadfast in my belief that California should have been open. But with all of that being said, when I went, when we went in October, I had said then that it was the most normal that I had felt since this entire nightmare began. And I still stand by that up to that point in time, that was the most normal that I had felt. Going back now, one year later, it's it's almost like the October trip was almost the March trip. And I, and I don't I don't mean to say that with a negative connotation, but what I saw in October was cautious optimism. Mm 
and people being a little bit hesitant. And and that's okay. That's okay. It was almost a false sense of security. Correct. And it was not because Disney had done anything wrong or that they hadn't taken the right steps or right precautions. I will say, again, as I have said on multiple occasions, the safest I have felt. And this rings true today as as much as it did in October. The safest I have felt in a year is at Walt Disney World. So I felt safe then. I, I didn't feel like I had to let my guard down. I didn't want to let my guard down, but... I felt that I was in a a very safe place. And I think a lot of people felt that way, but there was still a lot of questions. Certainly, I think with the vaccine becoming readily available, some of those questions are being answered. Um, But what I saw this week that I didn't see in October was smiling faces. Yes. Smiling faces for the guests, smiling faces on the faces of the cast members. I think that, to me, is the biggest difference. And that's not to be confused with the staff members were not wonderful and and accommodating and loving and grateful in October. They were. But a lot of them still had not returned. And I think that you could see the weight of that weighing on those who had returned. Now that capacities are increasing, now that the tourism is starting to build back up again, and now that, you know, people are able to feel very, very safe and and more enthusiastic, it's not a cautious optimism anymore. I think that it is a authentic optimism. And that is being reflected on the incredible cast members that are doing everything that they can to keep you safe and to keep you, I'll just say, keep you sheltered. You know, listen, we we go because it's an escape. And I felt, even though this was the shortest trip that we have taken, not including the March uh, trip last year, where we really only got to spend two hours at Disney Springs, for such a short trip, I felt that we were in the Disney bubble. And that's where I wanted to be. Um, And I felt like I had been there for longer than we had. And I think that that is certainly a compliment to these cast members that are doing such a wonderful job. And it has become infectious because it's a trickle down. From the cast members down to the guests... uh, it's it's such a stark contrast. I'm not even going to talk about October. Such a stark contrast from where we were a year ago. Walt Disney World is not a place that you go to see people cry. I mean, yes, you get the six-year-old that cries because they didn't get the ice cream or, or the stuffed animal, but, but that's different. You know, you don't have people sad. You don't have people scared. That's not what Walt Disney World is or what it should have ever been. It's not that anymore. I think that's why I wanted to sit and talk about this today. I think it is so important to recognize that it is not that way anymore. And it is so relieving to know that it is not that way anymore. Because as great as the experience was in October, 
And if you guys experienced the last day before the shutdown, please let us know. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Monoreal Radio. Email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. Putting, putting that October trip aside as great as it was, it, the March day, the two hours that we spent there, is kind of what I became fixated on when we were there this year because of the difference and because of how good it felt to finally be home. I think the biggest tell for me, um, we were sitting at Dockside Margaritas, like we do. Like we do. Uh, And when we went in October, live music was starting to come back at certain places. For example, we ate at City Works, uh, which we highly recommend. It's awesome. They have a great beer selection. Uh, And they had music at the House of Blues. And it was great because we were sitting outside at City Works and it just carried right over. And that was such an aha moment because we didn't have anything close to that in New York at that point. And we were like, oh my gosh, live music again. This is so wonderful. But on this trip, as we were sitting at Dockside Margaritas, um, a few cast members were installing stanchions um, in the seating area. And I was looking at how they were positioning them, and I said, oh, they must be blocking this off so that the guitar player can can come back and people can enjoy it and sit there and they don't have to... And, and it's a way of keeping people distanced. Um, and it was kind of surprising to see because they were actually drilling into the wood and into the dock. Yeah, so this um, is going to be permanent. That's what I was surprised at. But it was just nice to see that the step was being taken... And and they're making it so that they can operate and they can have that music. And, you know, we are still going to have to distance for a while until everyone is vaccinated, obviously. But it was, that was like the biggest sign of hope for me. Because it wasn't just a Band-Aid that they were putting on something for COVID. It wasn't a temporary solution. It was a permanent solution so that we can go back to normal, but we still have to operate within this new... I I hate the phrase, but it's a way to operate within the new normal. So, I think it is telling. I think that really what they're doing is they're they're setting the stage for physical distancing at Walt Disney World will be here to stay. And I'm a kind of okay with that. I, I don't need somebody ramming me with the stroller while I'm online at Flight of Passage. But I think Disney's doing it very smart. Mm-hmm. I think what they are doing is they are setting themselves up for... Now, now look, this was a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. We're never going to see it again. But I think they're setting themselves up for, you know, even something as regular as cold and flu season. You can feel right. good coming here and uh, not being fearful that you're going to come home from... Uh, winter break and and your kids are going to have the sniffles and spread it around the classroom. I think that the sanitization of the restaurants, the seating, uh, the seating on the attractions, I think the hand sanitizer, the hand wash stations, I think those are going to be there to stay. And, And I think that's a good change. I think that's a good change for certain. But it shows me that they are taking this seriously because what they can't afford is to have this happen again. And with all of that being said, this renewed sense of hope and optimism 
is something that it was so relieving. I, I don't have another word for it. I can say it was great, it was joyous, but it, it was relieving to see that people are coming back and that people are grateful. But it's the joy. You know what I'm saying? The, the joy on the face of, of the guests and the cast members, That's to me, that's what makes Disney World what it is. Um, it's, it's not just rides or food. You, you can go do that at Six Flags. Nothing against Six Flags. I'm a pass holder. But you go to Disney for something else. You go to Disney for, yes, the escape. The nostalgia. The, the nostalgia. But within all of that is that magic that they talk about. The most magical place on Earth. It feels like we are back there. It's amended. But that, like everything else, is temporary. But to sit here now a year later and to observe the stark contrast, I think, was something that I, I felt that I just needed to kind of brain dump it. You know what I'm saying? I, I needed to sit here and I needed to just talk about it. And maybe people love this and maybe people go, oh, he's just rambling again. And perhaps I am, but... I felt that this was important. I, I wouldn't have sat down to do this if I didn't think it was significant. Um, but I can sit here and say now, and I, I didn't say it in October, but I can sit here now and I can say that in spite of the fact that we have yet to see live shows and yet to see fireworks, we know those are coming back very soon, I can sit here beyond a shadow of a doubt and I can say Walt Disney World has finally returned. And that has nothing to do with an attraction. It has nothing to do with a fabulous dinner. It has to do with magic. It has to do with camaraderie. You know, people were not getting together and having meals with family and friends in in March. They they were running, you know, when we we had the opportunity to sit with our dear friends Brendan and Catherine from Detour to Neverland and, and enjoy a meal. These are the things that I missed most. And this is where I felt the most vulnerable when the parks were closed, even from afar. So knowing that these opportunities are there, that's how I can present this to you the listener, and I want your take on this as well, Walt Disney World has finally returned. I agree. I don't want to make it sound like we had a bad experience in October because at the time we said that was the most normal we felt all year. Yep. But looking back on that now, it seems like, and it was, more of an escape. It was us trying to feel normal when the world just wasn't that yet. And especially going into the holiday season and around Thanksgiving, Christmas, things started to spike again. Um, it was almost sort of like a Band-Aid. But I agree with you. This this truly felt normal. I'm not saying that it's back to normal, but just how I felt personally. I didn't feel like I was running from anything. I didn't feel like there was a constant reminder of everything else that was going on with the world. This just felt like we were there. And by the way, everybody has to wear masks now. 
and and that's it. And maybe that's because we did get to experience a couple of firsts while we were there. Like we got to try Gideon's, we got to try Everglaze. So there was still like that that feeling of new discovery too, which we certainly didn't get the last time because we were still coming off of canceled because of the budget and this is an opening and they're changing that. Yeah, good point. Good um, point. So I think that sort of lent to again, we're taking that turn in the right direction and there's gonna be new and different things to experience. And I think looking at the bigger picture too, that's pretty important because obviously they're not operating anywhere near capacity yet. And I think just from a business standpoint and as a company, Disney is trying to be mindful of they have this huge milestone coming up towards the end of the year. I think they're doing whatever it takes to get as many guests back as possible. And and that doesn't mean that they're they're chasing money or that they're money hungry. I just think that they understand how badly everybody, every Disney fan wants to experience that. And I think that they are trying and clawing to get as many people in there as possible so that they can experience it. Responsibly, of course. But that's exactly it. That's what I'm talking about is that they want it to feel normal. So that's why things like Dockside Margaritas, they're putting those stanchions in so that it can be as close as possible to... You know, a world where COVID no longer exists, although it always will. But they're trying to get the experience as close to what we know and love as possible. And they're trying to get as many people to experience that. And I think that even though it is amended, like you said, they're they're still just trying to forge ahead and they're trying to get everyone in on this celebration and they're trying to figure out how, how they're going to make it work. Right. And I, you know, you talked about firsts. One of the big firsts for us on this trip too was, uh, being able to stay at Coronado Springs. We had never stayed there before. We had visited the resort right after they had opened Grand Destino Tower but being able to stay there, what what a place to be. What a beautiful resort. We always stay at Value Resorts because when we go on our vi- bigger vacation, we're there for like 10, 11 nights. And we're never in the room. Yeah. We're, we're there to <laughs> sleep for a couple of hours and shower and be back for rope drop. So it just was never worth spending more money on a, on a moderate hotel when we're never going to be in the room. This, it was just one overnight. It was a little bit of a slower pace. And I found a great deal. We never, you know, we we never really go this time of year. The only time we went was last year and we were there for the day and that was it. Right. Um, so we were like, why not? Let's go experience it. And um, it was so worth it. And I wish we had more time there. The grounds were absolutely stunning. Um the lobby is beautiful, and, and I absolutely love those rooms. They're, okay, my favorite thing, possibly, about this entire trip was that there were double sinks in the vanity area of the room. I mean, Disney does a, a great job of keeping that in mind, that there are usually families of four trying to get ready. So the sinks are separate from the shower and the toilet. That way you can have one person showering, one person getting getting ready to head out. Um, 
But the double sinks made even more of a difference. Yeah, they did. And hanging out at, at uh, Three Bridges, that was a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. Talking to the cast members there and, and, and listening to their stories and how relieved and how happy they were to be back and how they are longing for the conventions to return. And, and we'll get there soon. Uh, the convention hall was actually being used for the NBA G League. In fact, the Lakeland Magic, or you know, Orlando's uh, G League team, had won their championship. So uh, that there was there was quite a celebration you could hear going on at Coronado Springs. But in their bubble, in I their think bubble, it's worth it was noting, in their bubble. They were not anywhere other than their designated building, and and none of those cast members could go into the bubble either. Correct. So they really did a spectacular job it was interesting being there when you know when when they were celebrating um and and just it was kind of cool to see like the setup for the g league how they were trying to make it as normal for these players as possible but um it really was an incredible experience and uh i think for me if you're getting ready to plan a trip to walt disney world coronado springs if you've got you know if if you can do it is certainly worth the price of admission. Yeah, it, it, I can't say enough good things about it. And um, if you're interested in learning more details, you can get in touch with me through any of our social media channels uh, at Monoreal Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can shoot me an email directly at j.zalezi, that's Z-O-L-E-Z-Z-I, at magicalvacationplanner.com. I'm happy to help you, you know, if you do feel you're ready to come back. Um I'm I'm so happy to help you plan your trip if you want to come for Disney 50 or they're booking cruises for 2022. Um, So I can help with all of that. And if you're interested, we just wanted to pop on real quick and kind of give more of like a state of the union. If you're interested in seeing some more of what we did and where we went, um, we've got pictures up on our Instagram. Uh, I'm going to put a TikTok up later of some of the places we went in Disney Springs. Um, and a lot of people have been asking in our pictures, and a couple people stopped us while we were walking around. Yeah. They were asking us about our awesome straw charms from the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. And we had our logo done that was custom made for us, and everybody was talking about it. But if you are interested, uh, you can visit them on Instagram or Etsy, and they have a whole selection of other Disney and Pixar-inspired straw charms, and they are so cool. Yeah, and if you enter the code MONOREAL10 at checkout, you do get a 10% discount on your purchase. Thank you guys so much for sitting with us here. Um, we hope that you guys found this entertaining and also informative. Um, and thank you for giving us a forum. Thank you for giving us a forum to to share this experience with you. Um, again, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, same as TikTok. Email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. You can like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. And for links to the show and all of the social media, that would be online at monorealradio.com. Thank you guys so much again. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.